welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Hi, Nudge. Good morning. How are you doing? You all right? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Excellent. Got me coffee. Beautiful, beautiful day in Surrey. Bright blue sky, sun streaming in. Yeah, yeah, sort of. In Essex, it's uh, not too bad. I can see the sun, but it's a little bit cloudy. So. Send some of that sun this way, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> I will, I will. I'm heading in the car shortly around that way. So, morning, Andrew. Morning, Colin. Daryl, David, David. Dominic, Ian, Ian, Jean-Claude, Leaford, Jonathan, Liz, Mark, Neil, Nigel, we've got loads pouring in. Sam, Scott, Susan, Rick, Philip, Paul, loads of people. So uh, you know the drill, most of you, many of you have been here before and a warm welcome to, to every one of you. Nigel and I uh, do this breakfast webinar. It's open to everybody, you just register uh, once. And uh, we just have a ramblings of madmen, really. We talk about what we're doing. We talk about the moment, things in the moment. Um, and we normally have a, a specialist flow, really. Um, and you, you know what we're like in ECRA Academy. You know, we're, we're, we uh, provide a lot of knowledge. It's, it's the gritty reality of what it really takes. And, and hopefully you find some inspiration on what we're doing and what our mentees are doing that might inspire and... Uh, help you to create your aspiring uh, vision and dreams. So uh, we love this session, don't we, Nigel? 45 minutes, nice and crisp and punchy. Absolutely. Very, very busy this week with the conference, Mark. And uh, well done for hanging in there for, what was it, eight hours? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, eight and a half hours last Thursday. So uh, hopefully most of you caught that. Um, Just give us a, a wave on chat box or thumbs up or something, uh, whether you saw the... uh, uh, the conference. Oh, yeah, there's loads, loads of people raising their hands there. Um, yeah, last Thursday, wasn't it? I mean, what, what an array of of people presenting there, and we had people presenting their organisations and what they do. But um, you know, I think the real stars of the moment were were the ones that presented their case studies. Real trustees. Yeah, I just loved it. And, you know, I mean, that's really, if, if we reflect back to whenever it was, memory's a bit uh, faded this morning, but, um, you know, the reason for starting SAS Alliance, to be honest, it was, um, you know, we wanted to surround ourselves with people that have done some great stuff. and But also equally to learn um, about things that possibly haven't gone so well, because that's important, isn't it? You know, you learn from all those sort of things. But, you know, some fantastic, fantastic case studies, you know, some very advanced strategies, some very, you know, straightforward, um, you know, uh, strategies as well. You know, it's just wonderful to hear and uh, yeah. some great success out there, which is great. Yeah, and it, it it doesn't have to be complicated, does it? You know, we we look at the complexity to make it simple. Yeah. Uh, and these are people who have made it, simple not big deals i mean most of our deals i mean many get the spotlight for being large but most of what we do are relatively small deals aren't they absolutely and i love the small deals to be honest and more the merrier you know it's it's one of them and you're kind of spreading risk portfolio as well aren't you across multiple deals and, and what have you but they all contribute 
whether big or small, you know, it's all, they're all a contributor to something, aren't they? Which is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So uh, Mark's asked where my porridge is. Mark, look, really sorry. <laughs> the porridge will go everywhere if I'm talking eating porridge, but I've got my copper. <laughs> uh, hopefully you've got your Weetabix or porridge there as well. So this is what this is about, isn't it? Nice bit of fun, um, but also serious you know, undertones as well, because um, we understand that your time's valuable, but equally you're trying to make some real meaningful steps to, to serve you, your loved ones, and your overall objectives. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and just, you know, we just love to share, Mark, don't we? We love to share, you know, what we're doing. Um, I mean, there's always a kind of a little bit of a caveat of it's, it's dependent on what you're doing, whether it's applicable or compliant or otherwise. But, you know, in terms of what we're doing, we're very happy to share and, you know, inspire people and, you know, get you on a different trajectory in some ways, you know, but obviously you always have to get that professional advice and support get it right in as well <laughs> um, in terms of your circumstances so uh, you know we've got we've got something to share today which is good good so a reminder that all of these uh breakfast with nigel and mark webinars they're all recorded so go to the uh, equa academy uh, facebook group and you'll see in the top pin post you'll see details on how to gain access to the equa portal completely free you don't need a credit card or anything like that completely free um and uh, all the recordings are there there's must be in excess of 250 uh videos templates studies guides case studies there uh pdfs of our books various things like that so uh, go to equa academy uh, facebook group that's the uh, the main portal there so uh, thank you andrew for, for that question there and we've got some good feedback here, Andrew, particularly like the uh, emphasis on uh, that creating shared value, the social housing, the impact. We had Dorian, we had Richard uh, Little, and we had Richard Kennedy as well, didn't we? Um, Great one. That's, uh, that, that's really quite an interesting element for us, isn't it? Um, many of you know we've got a large development in Crawley. And in Crawley, that's... Uh, that's 53 apartments. We've just had a planning permission for airspace rights, so there's another floor going on that. Um, and when we when we secured this building, it's about 24,000 square feet, uh, we took out 1,500 hypodermic needles. I mean, it was it was a scene of devastation, mate, wasn't it? Um, it was absolutely. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Dr habitual drug use, uh, overnight sleepers, and... Um, we felt really bad about this. You know, this is uh, this is people down on their luck in society, um, and that didn't feel comfortable. Now, I think all of us in in involved in property and business, it's nice to be able to transform buildings, and uh, we can all give ourselves a high five and say, "Great job!" You know, we've transformed this drug den into these wonderful apartments. But what have we truly done for society? And the reality is for those drug users, we've not actually done anything. We've just moved the problem to somewhere else, in, in this case, in Crawley. Um, and we recognised this quite a, a while ago. So we looked for a business that Nigel and I could invest in, and we invested in Cornerstone Place. Um, and it's akin to a bit like carbon offsetting, if you like. You know, we can't solve all the, people, all the problems of the people of Crawley and their, their drug use. But if we can create a program, which we are with Cornerstone Place, 
of um, rolling out you know, 10 million homeless bed nights with our knowledge of commercial property leases, enabling charities. Um, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of our journey, isn't it? Just bearing our soul there, Nigel. Absolutely. No, no, it's, it's really important as well. And, you know, the guys have got some great traction as well, haven't they? You know, there's um, quite, a, quite a number of uh, facilities being um, pulled together in uh, Greater Manchester, uh, Banbury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's really, it's, get, it's gaining great traction. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly giving back as well. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the triple upside model, which is, you can see on the website there, which is just, just absolutely amazing, you know, where we can improve the charities, uh, balance sheet, uh, but also give them an income as well. So they're kind of leasing offers, but we're giving them the income back, which is, which is great. So yeah, very, really fantastic model and, uh, looking forward very much to see how that, uh, transpires over the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah. I'm pleased many of you really enjoyed that session. You know, it's really meaningful to us. Yep. And, uh, got a note here from Dominic, who's uh, tuning in from Canada. So mm-hmm. very good morning to you, uh, Dominic, and it is an early morning for you. So uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure whether that's the longest distance anybody's tuned into our breakfast webinar. So just, just type in chat box where you're located. Um, if you can beat Canada. Um <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that <laughs> absolutely good stuff oh we've got plymouth liz is in plymouth so uh, not quite canada manchester. cardiff manchester um leicester newcastle leeds derby bedford brighton wokingham you're in colchester i'm in near guildford winslow yeah. forest new forest chelmsford worcester <laughs> worcester on the moon <laughs> or the heart Den Hog. Oh. Oh, yeah. North Yorkshire, Oakham. And wow. that, you know, that's one of the things we're grateful for. I mean, a lot of people have been, um, you know, been through a, a lot of tough challenges through COVID, um, and we don't belittle that at all. Um, we were born with our glasses half full, and, uh, you know, Zoom has enabled us to work with so many more people. We're so much more efficient on our time, and, and our return on time employed is, is one of our most precious commodities isn't it? it is it is absolutely yeah so yeah thank goodness for zoom um i would say we've used other other platforms are available is that what you're supposed to say <laughs> yeah. good right okay so um for the last five weeks we've been five or six weeks been doing various programs and and we did a, a rollout of three uh, webinars, uh, three consecutive webinars on um, raising private finance. So if you want to get those recordings, again, just go into Echo Academy and uh, find the Echo portal. They're all in there. So we did three on raising private uh, finance. So we've been involved in raising 22, 23 million over the last three or four years. Um, so we know a lot of the, the ins and outs on creating that pipeline. Um, the last two weeks, we've been discussing joint ventures. Um, yes, the inspiration of doing joint ventures, but equally, you know, it's not just linking pinkies and walking into the sunset with somebody. You know, some of the some of the the, the, the gritty challenges there, and uh, you know, asking the tough questions in the good times. You know, by the time you're asking the tough questions in the tough times, it's too late, and you're putting the tin hat on and fixing bayonets, and that's that's no good. So, uh, yeah, walking in there with eyes wide open. I think that was a very clear message, wasn't it? 
absolutely. Uh, it's a good session, that. Yeah, it was. And um, one of the, the key uh, key parts of joint venturing is to make sure you get your structure right. So this session, I have a feeling we might might take structuring over a, a number of weeks again. Um, but structuring is is just so important. And I I reflect back, uh, Nigel, on last 25, 30 years that we've been in business. It's probably one of the most important skill sets that the business acumen that we've we've curated over the years, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, looking forward to sharing some of the things we've done. But just just to really underline to everybody that um, it's very circumstantial structuring, and it depends what you're doing and the circumstances in which you're doing it, and the partners in which you're, you know, getting involved with that structure will define whether it works or not. Compliance is a given. I mean, we we have to in every event make sure. Or all compliance, so it's you know, off to your tax advisor, off to your accountant, legal representation if necessary, you know, and get get that confirmation in writing as well, you know. So whatever whatever the structure looks like, and everybody's happy with it, make sure you've got that that evidence, you know, in place. So if you've ever questioned, you know, along the journey, and it could happen at any time, you've got that that paperwork to be able to to bring to the fore and send off, you know, um, if ever questioned, and at least that keeps you you safe. So it is very, very circumstantial, but we can we can definitely share some some current structures, Mark, um, but also some thoughts and inspiration about possibly future structures, which uh, yeah. hopefully will create some more efficiency. So taking taking great advice and creating your own audit file. I mean, there's the first two pieces. If you want some some great advice, uh, whether that be from tax structuring, advisors, accountants, Again, go to Equa Academy. In the Equa portal, we've got a section dedicated to trusted partners. And in there, you'll find the trusted partners we use. They're not the only ones you can use, but they're the ones we use. And they, they will always be happy to, to give you a uh, have a chat with you for 15 or 20 minutes and uh, see if they're, they're right for you. Um, the second point that Nigel mentioned, you know, creating that evidence file, the audit file, and I think that comes back from back to our corporate background of always making sure you've got that that evidential track record. Hugely important if you're a, a SaaS trustee um, because you'll have other eyes uh, looking over your shoulder. It could be your corporate trustee, it could be uh, HMRC, the pension regulator. Um, so it's highly unlikely as long as you stick within the boundaries, but there are um, there are reasons there, and you would keep that audit file for well for pretty much ever to be honest. I mean the entire duration that you keep the the property, for example, um, but you keep it for a minimum of six to seven years after you'd sold the property. So set up a system that you're going to hold for in perpetuity, really. Indeed, indeed. Good. Okay. So, um, in terms of uh, structuring, who's who's interested in structuring? Well, you know, there's a number of, uh, and we use that term, stakeholders, don't we? Um, a number of stakeholders that are uh, of paramount importance. Now, we could list whole reams of them, but if we say three as a, a, a the primary stakeholders, firstly, there's you. If it doesn't work for you, well, why are you doing it in the first place? You know, you're not a social enterprise here. You may be, but, uh, you know, the, what, what are your your drivers? So your economic equation, as we refer to. So number one, it's you. Number two, it's the bank or banks. 
So uh, there may be multiple banks, depending on what your strategy and exit strategies are. And number three, it's uh, any other investors. So you, the bank, and investors, they're probably the the three parties who you have to satisfy. Your structure has to be uh, compliant and uh, approved by. And uh, Nigel, I think uh, we don't normally do this as as part of uh, the breakfast webinar, but because it's so important, the structure, um, Nigel's very kindly spent some time producing some, some slides to show you different types of structures. So hopefully you can you can see this. These are, are just some examples. They're here to give you some some stimulus and thought on um, on the type of questions you need to ask. Um, so over to you, Nice. Do you want to run everybody through? We've got a bumper attendance uh, today, so uh, structuring is obviously on everybody's mind. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this is this is an example of uh, what uh, Mark, you and I have done. Uh, historically. So this is really, you know, structured in terms of what you want to do. So it's very much guided towards um, commercial conversion. Okay. So, you know, is it, are the products there to sell, to hold, or maybe a bit of both? You know, that that's very much dependent on what your, uh, what your aims are there. So, um, so the, well, the way we structure our deals and in terms, in terms of uh, historic, Opportunities portal precinct being one, and you can you can dive into the portal to have a look at the, the full presentation for portal precinct. But this is how we we structured it. So we we created a, a development company. Okay, this development company was VAT registered. Okay, it was a completely fresh out the box SPV, a special purpose vehicle there that was um, that was incorporated. And into this development company, we attracted development finance and private capitals to support the actual development. Um, so the senior lender, you know, going into this development, um, you know, took a debenture. This was his, uh, their security package. So a debenture, a first charge, and, and the normal personal guarantees, et cetera. So that was that. Was that. We, we have a trading company as well. So this is, this is the company that maybe uh, you, you would have... Um, you know, he's probably got a payroll running through it. You know, he's got other trading activities, if you like, within that. But this is this is the company into which, in the early stages, we we sent an intercompany loan, and this was really just to deal with the C capital. Now, the C capital, what is that? Well, that's that's kind of a chunk of money that's required to to get things moving prior to the main funding coming in. So it might cover things like, let's say, you know, the searches, the legal searches, maybe the valuation fee, maybe a commitment fee from your lender potentially, you know, these, these sort of activities. So, so we, we just transfer a, an intercompany loan, you know, very limited in, in terms of its size, but that just capitalizes the development company to enable it to, to move forward, uh, just awaiting that exchange and completion, and then all the funding piling in at that point. Um, <clears throat> and also, um, you know, depending how you've you've structured your particular deal, it may be a situation that you've built into your development. Maybe the payment of fees. You know, there may be some some fees or recovery of cost. And again, you know, there can be intercompany invoicing to to enable that to happen. So, in terms of the development. Um, 
so yes, the, the DEVCO or the development vehicle, you know, that will use all the funding. It will develop out the scheme uh, from whatever it is. And it might be a land deal with houses. It might be, you know, a commercial property that you've, uh, you've created a number of maybe uh, apartments uh, out of, whatever it is. Um, traditionally, you can just sell the lot. You know, uh, if it is flats, you can sell the flats and the freehold. Uh, if it's houses, you might want to therefore, you know, obviously title split and create, you know, a, a number of freeholds there and just sell it to the open market. And if that's the case, that's kind of the end of the structure. There's a route there in terms of exit. There's a route there in terms of repayment of the senior debt and the private capital. So very, very straightforward. However, if you decide, you know, I'd, I'd really like to hold some of these units or hold all of the units, then there's a different structure that certainly we, we've adopted in the, in the fullness of time. And we'll move on to another slide where we're just exploring some additional efficiencies around this. But this is, this is what we have done. So we've created a... a switch my phone off, sorry. So we've created a wholly owned subsidiary. Now, this, this subsidiary, it, um, it, it is wholly owned by the development company, okay? So, um, and into this development company. So, again, it's, it's an off-the-shelf entity, um, wholly owned. So, 100% of the shares it are, are owned by the development company. But into this, the intent is to bring uh, long-term regulated lending uh, through buy-to-let mortgages or some other commercial lending that you may you may derive. Um, in terms of the lender coming in, um, they will take their security now in the PropCo. So they'll take a debenture over the PropCo. They could you know, take first charge and the personal guarantees, as always, you know, in that in that uh, in that structure. And all the rental income, so we're letting all these the flats or the houses out, all the rental income will be piling into this uh, this company. So in terms of the repayment of the debt, so we're always conscious of, you know, the, the development company has got lending in, it might be your own funds, it might be the funds of a development finance company, it might be private investment in there, it's got to be repaid. And the route for repayment essentially is the mortgages coming into the PropCo, flowing up through a group structure into the DevCo, and then the DevCo using those funds to repay the senior debt and the private capital, whichever the case, or even your funds, whichever the case may be. So this is this is the hold strategy. So um, the development company itself, um, you know, will have, you know, uh, it will have its, its its developed the asset. You know, it's all in one freehold, let's say, and then there will be the creation of multiple leases. It depends how many maybe flats you've created, or it could be multiple freeholds, depending on how many houses you've created. But all of these assets will get transferred. The interests of those assets will get. Tra transferred down into the PropCo, and that's what the long-term lender is taking security on. Okay. So, good news. Because it's in a group structure, or this is the term of, of a group structure, so that PropCo is wholly owned by the de development company, because it's in that structure, you get group relief. So, you get group relief on stamp duty, because there is a transfer of value, if you were selling them out or you were buying them from your development company, let's say, you would have to pay stamp duty. We all know that. Um, and also, in terms of, um, you know, these assets are being created within development company, which is a VAT registered vehicle. So you say, well, VAT is applicable. Well, because of the creation of a new residential units, 
VAT is, yes, applicable, but it's it's the rating of the VAT is 0%. So you've got quite an efficient process there of transferring those leases down to the PropCo, which is uh, which is great. Okay, here's an alternative structure. Okay, so we, we've moved we've moved on from that structure. And as I say, portal precincts and other developments that we've done are sat in that structure. And the problem, I think the problem with that, Mark, is that um, you know, we've got assets that are hanging below the development vehicle. So to get into another development kind of compromises it a little bit, doesn't it? You know, to, to turn the handle again, because if you can imagine a new lender coming in, lending into the development vehicle, but we know now it wants to take a debenture, it wants to take, you know, first charge, it wants to take all, all its security package around that development vehicle. But in that current structure, what have we got below it? We've got our assets from another project. And it's it's kind of, it's a bit of a protection mechanism that we, we need to kind of think about, you know, moving forward. Okay. So here's... Can you go to the next, uh, the previous slide again, Nigel? Just a couple of questions that might yeah. just pick off. Um, so uh, Collins asked, uh, uh, would you use the same DEVCO for the next development? Yeah. So in, in this structure, personally, no. Why? Because... The next development will have again. So, if you like, we've we've stripped out all of the all of the debt in the devco because it's been repaid. It's been re repaid by the process of transferring the leases, bringing the mortgages in, transferring the money back up to devco to repay the debt. Um, but to bring in another lender, and it, it might be the same. It might be <clears throat> another one. Essentially, they're going to take they're going to take their security around that devco. Now, what hangs below the devco also forms part of that devco. So, what you do, and you're starting starting to contaminate security here. So, you've got you've got the the assets that you've created in the propco, but you've got a new lender taking a debenture and security on the devco. So, arguably, it's starting to compromise, if you like that. Uh, you know the assets in the other one, but I think the next slide will will possibly help and answer that question a bit better. Jean Claude's asked, "Does the money flow via dividends?" Yeah, in interesting one. Yeah, so it's. I mean, on that one, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's very case by case. I would suggest, and you need to take advice really on that one. But how the money actually flows up. Yeah, so realities, Jean-Claude, yes, it can. That's one option, um, but it depends exactly what you're looking for. I mean, you might want to pull the money out of dividends, your own tax position. You might want to pop it in your SAS, for instance, as uh, pension contributions. Um, Andrew asks, is the Devco a subsidiary of the trading company? Not in this model, no. And Cathy asks, does the trading company also need to be VAT registered? If necessary, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Complete in, in this model, it's completely separate. Um, essentially, there's there's multiple legal entities here. The trading company is one. The Devco and its structure is is another. Um, the 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 relevance of the trading company being featured on this slide is to enable the flow of an intercompany loan um, and the repayment of, and it would just be on normal terms. You know, in terms of a commercial loan. Um, and also, if there's a requirement for doing any um, invoicing between the trading company and the development company, which may happen at the point of completion uh, on the purchase of the building. 
or, or indeed, Mark, if um, the trading company is providing project management services or commercial management services, it may want to be invoicing on a potentially a monthly basis for those for those services. Considering the you know in our situation, the trading company is where the the payroll sits. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. So we've, t- I think, taking the point about can you use that development vehicle. For the next development, I, I mean, we, we've we've thought long and hard about this, and we just feel that, you know, essentially, if we kept with this structure, you know, we've got that kind of contamination there of of an, a previous development forming security of the next one. So we've we've been looking at ways of moving this forward. So yeah. our thoughts, typically, the the funders like to fund a, a very clean development company. Um, you know, if there's had a previous development in there, there could be a health and safety claim, an insurance claim. There could be, you know, any kind of uh, issues in the past. So yes. even though they want to see you having a great track record, they yeah. actually like a nice, clean, off-the-shelf legal entity. As Absolutely. Absolutely. And in this in this particular situation, Mark, as well, where we've created those you know, if this was a commercial conversion with multiple flats, we've created those leaseholds and we've transferred, yes, we've transferred the leaseholds down into the Propco, but what stays behind? Well, state what stays behind is the freehold. So the freehold continues to sit in the development vehicle. So again, that's got value, um, you know, it's, it's got the potential of ground rent uh, returns, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but so you've got assets in different ports whereby, you know, a development typically, taking your point mark, you know, a, uh, a senior debt lender, a development finance lender, just wants a completely clean entity to lend into. And you could argue that this isn't. Okay. So so thoughts of how we could fix that. So just following the same structure again. So we, we create the development company there. Uh, again, VAT registered. We want to be recovering the VAT. Um, funding, again, we can just pop the funding in, you know, be it development finance and private capital. Um, security is no different uh, than before, so it'll take its security on through a debenture, maybe first charge and PGs. But this time, this development company is going to be wholly owned by the trading company. Okay, so again, the situation can occur whereby you can have an intercompany situation, albeit in the group structure. Now, trading company can pop a few quid into the development company as C capital. And that can just move it forward. It can be invoicing, you know, between its uh, group entities as well for fees and charges. Um, the the trading company which can just carry on with its trading activity, and indeed can service a payroll, you know, whichever is is necessary. Again, the same. Nothing changes here. So if the asset or the strategy um, is a a buy, develop, and sell, well, just go and sell it. It's absolutely fine, and you know that will be the end of the structure. So you you just sell the assets to market, be it leaseholds, um, or, you know, if it's a commercial conversion, so it'd be correct, we'd be selling the leaseholds, we'd be selling the freehold, or if it's a, a, a land development site, uh, through title splitting, you'd just be selling the houses with their own freeholds. However, if you want to hold, this is this is our, our, our thoughts, ideas, these are being progressed, and the caveat here is that you know, as before, you've got to get this through your professional team to get it validated. But this is our thinking. So we just wanted to share it with you. Um, so this time, the property company 
we're actually going to put the property company um, below the trading company. Okay, so the property company is a wholly owned subsidiary of the trade co. Okay, so the you know in, the, in this case that'll own one hundred percent of the shares. Uh, we would bring the regulated long-term lending, so the mortgages, into that property company. So again, they would take their security on the propco, uh, the debenture, the first charge, uh, PGs, et cetera, would all come from that propco. And indeed, you know, the rental income would pour into that that vehicle, um, you know, on a monthly on a monthly basis. In terms of repayment of the debt. Um, so we know the development finance and the private investment comes into the development company. But the fact we're in a group structure, we can move cash and money around in that group structure. Um, so you can see how you know the, the long-term mortgages would come in that would then flow back to the development company to repay all instantaneously, but nonetheless, it would flow to repay the debt um, that's been derived in the, um, uh, the debt code. Uh, to, to enable the actual development in the first place. Um, yes, so again, <clears throat> what we've created here is a group structure. Group structures are wonderful um, for, the, for the main benefit that you get group relief on stamp duty. So the transfer of leases, the transfer of title split assets, they can move around the structure with no impact of stamp duty. And again, because we are creating new, brand new, residential units, uh, or the, although we're flowing through VAT registered vehicles, uh, ultimately to a non-VAT -re -re registered vehicle, but uh, the VAT will be at 0%. But I think the beauty of this structure, Mark, is that you know we anticipate that this will free up the DEVCO. So everything's flowed out, it's either been sold or it's been transferred, and, and you can see there we've got a, a clean, ready to go again, you know, all with a bank account, it's all been ticketed. Yes, it does have a history, um, but nonetheless, it's it's a lot cleaner than the previous structure. And, and we believe that, that that will create efficiency moving forward. So development company will go to the next development. <clears throat> so development two, um, it will it will derive the um, you know, you know, the assets uh, through the development, and then the same process will go again. And what we will do, we'll create another propco that will sit below the trading company. And the next development, another propco that will sit below the trading company. But in every event, freeing up the development company for the next and the next and the next. Yeah. And this, this became a, a conversation, didn't it, a couple of months ago, that we were finding that with the previous slide, we were having to set up a development company with a property company on every occasion, every occasion. You can imagine the inefficiencies of that through, you know, annual accounts, you know, all, the, all those sort of as aspects. So we, we've certainly looked quite heavily into looking at an alternative structure. So this one, um, you know, we've been, we've gone through the, our accountant. So he's had a look at this. We've, we've got to pass this through our tax advisor, you know, just get that, written down that it's absolutely fully compliant in our situation and your situation could be different as well so it's it's, it's all about the drains upon the situation and um and then ultimately um through our solicitor to get it all signed off but uh, that's our thoughts 
think what comes across here loud and clear for, for everybody, and this is the intention of going into this level of detail, and for many of you joining this, this webinar for maybe the first time, you may not have seen this detail before. Many people will give you the kind of the simple steps and, and simplify it. Um, we tend to look at the detail, and it, it's uh, you know, critical thinking has served us very well over many years. That you know, start with the end in mind and walk a mile in other parties' shoes. Uh, making sure that you can actually, you know, a- achieve this is so important. Um, you know, Kathy asks uh, a great question here. You know, what if you're doing a JV? You might have, might you have two trading companies? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, depending on where your joint venture partners come in, are they individuals? Are they LLPs? Are they limited companies? Um, so, so absolutely. Um, this is to really start the the juices flowing here. Really start evolving your model for your situation. Absolutely. You know, and the and this is all about sharing. You know, the breakfast session is all about sharing thoughts and ideas with everybody. You know, and would these structures work for you? Could they could they create any more efficiency in in what you're ordinarily doing on a day to day basis? Mark, start with the end in mind. So, you know, this is all about if you create a structure and it's it's been wholly validated by all the professionals. You know, for compliance, which is number one. You know, that's got to be number one. But check with all the stakeholders. So check with the development finance company. Are they happy with that structure? Yes or no? You know, are your private investors happy with this? Is even the bank, the bank who are providing the banking facilities to each of these companies, are they happy with this structure? You might have to go in to see the bank managers to explain, as I did, you know, the reason for doing the structure. You know, so just just be mindful of that. And very importantly, the long-term lender, if if indeed it's a hold strategy. If it's a sell strategy, then it's just selling to the open market. But in terms of the long-term lender, you know, are they happy with that structure? Because you don't want to get to the end of this journey and go, ah, I can't refinance. You know, that's a major problem. So you need to make sure you've ticked all the boxes, you've gone to the end of the process and then gone all the way to the beginning again and, and ran the process. But just check with that mortgage lender. And you'll probably find, as we have, that not all buy-to-let, long-term um, you know, institutional finance lenders will be happy with this structure. There's still uh, quite a number that are very happy with it um, for their own reasons, you know. But you need to be comfortable that there are lenders out there that will will support. And 100%, we've, we've said it two or three times now, Mark, written confirmation from the specialists is absolutely paramount to build that evidence chest you know around around what you're doing yeah and mark davis touches on, on that uh, mark yes uh, this is the model that we do we've done it before we're continually evolving it um mark asked the question about could you have multiple developments in one prop co and the answer is yes you can but you've got to walk a mile in the funder's shoes um if you've got different funders, the the three core parts of the security package for the funders will be first charge lending. Yeah, uh, they want first charge on the property. Uh, they probably want personal guarantees on the directors. Yeah, well, they could have that. But they'll also want a debenture on the company. Um, so if you've got different lenders on different properties all in one company, only one party can have the debenture. But what it does do, if you have... 
different developments in one structure, in, in one organization, one company, um, potentially you could go to more portfolio lending. So mm-hmm. I've got a few HMOs with Lloyd's and they, they've got literally one loan against the entire uh, portfolio. Absolutely. Well, you certainly struck a chord here, Nigel. Uh, there's loads of uh, loads of questions here. This quite clearly is going to run into uh, into another week. What's coming across here uh, consistently? People are just loving the visualization of this, and uh, you know, I know next Wednesday we've got our, our mentorship session, um, and we'll be digging down into uh, you know even more detail here and and that those live Q&As with people so they really understand um, the type of questions to ask and the type of model that that works for them in their economic equation. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so hopefully that was useful. It's it's very difficult to describe a structure like that, you know, in terms of words, Mark, and we, we don't generally do slides, do we? But just we just thought it was probably more appropriate and, um, you know, would deliver the message a lot, a lot easier to everybody. So hopefully that was, um, that was useful. A breakfast bonus, some would say, Nigel. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's nearly, nearly time. Nearly time. It's nearly time. Yeah. And there, there we go. There's, there's the mentorship program. This, this is what we do. This is what we, what we love doing. Um, I mean, so many benefits here. So just take a screenshot here. If you want to book a call, um, I know many of our mentees are actually on this call, as such is the value that we that we have in the questions and answers here. But just do a, a, a screenshot here, book a call with me for you know 30 minutes and uh, see if Equimentorship is right for you. What have you got to lose? Um, we are completely full uh, in autumn. Um, so we're not taking on any more people now, but you can book to make a start in January. And if you think, you know, where will you be in, in East, at Easter? You know, starting in January, having three months to look at your strategy, look at your focus. You'll have a strategy call with Nigel, with myself. Nigel will take you through the Equidea, currently approaching version 59. Um, so we're having uh, sessions on that. Uh, you get your uh, regular calls. You can book a 30 or a 60-minute call. Think if you could book a 30 or 60-minute call with Nigel or myself pretty much any time you needed to talk about a deal, run through numbers, how to raise private capital. You know, We've created systems and processes here, and we're more than happy to share them with you. Um, but our time is limited, and we choose to spend our time with those that are committed driven and focused and our mentees in our in our mentorship group um, are achieving some absolutely phenomenal things so lots of other bonuses you know we'll take you to our sites uh, we can uh, I'll, I'll give you a copy of uh, many of my books um, Nigel will give you a copy of the Equidea so uh, an awful lot of things there so um, yeah Drop us a line if that's uh, that's important. Um, so I'm on Facebook. Uh, use me as first point of contact uh, or just book a call um, through that. A few questions here. Will the slides be available? Um, uh, this, we're not going to make the slides available, but what we do is the recording is available. So if you go to Echo Academy, um, and most of you have joined up to the Equa portal, why wouldn't you, with nearly 250-odd uh, areas there 
of recorded content. Um, so go there and, uh, and and enjoy the recording. And you can do your screenshots and various things there. You'll also find the trusted partners. Uh, we give our uh, trusted partners, we give them a hard time. You know, we push them hard. We want that audit file reconciled. Um, we'll be bringing in all kinds of things. We've not even talked about the likes of capital allowances and how that might look at our asset class and structuring. We'll touch on various things like that next week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, very, very vibrant. Um, and this this gives us a real buzz, doesn't it, Nigel? You know, it, it right. sounds detailed, and there is a lot of knowledge there, but. You know, do you want to be a better person? Do you want to be a have a better economic equation in three months, six months' time? You've got to go on the journey of improvement, and that starts with with humility. To be honest, humility that you know we've got a great model, but it can be better, and to work with people who are who are doing that in a very compliant way. Any other questions here, Nigel? I mean, there are lots of questions, and thank you for the. Uh, the lovely comments here. This 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 session really has struck a chord with many of you. Um, yeah, they like the visualization, Nigel. That was uh, that has worked really well. Uh, simultaneous uh, simultaneous developments. We've covered that one. Uh, Jean Claude said that's what I'm looking for with my accountant. Uh, have a group to hold. Uh, Daryl makes a good point. Yes, Daryl, not all funders um, like funding um, developments in a holding company structure. You know, this is going back to the point we made, you know, who are you trying to to please here? Well, you've got to walk a mile in well, your shoes, in, in the funder's shoes, uh, and also in the investor's shoes. And as Nigel said, you've got different funders here. You know, you've got your development finance um, and you've also got your back-end exit if you're refinancing to hold. Um, and, and therefore, that's a you know long-term product. You might even have an interim bridge product if you need to get in on a bridge uh, uh, quickly. Um, so that's, uh, that's also uh, an option as well. Yeah, yeah. Lenders that are happy to lend into that structure Currently, and things change as we know overnight, but uh, Oldermore, Paragon, and Kent Reliance are happy with that structure. Precise mortgages are not, okay? Um, and there's a few others that aren't, but, um, you know, there's some kind of household names there that, that are quite happy with it. But um, it's just checking, just just double-checking, isn't it? You know, speak to your broker and send them a copy of the structure along and say, you know, are you, can we get a lender for this and just get that locked in? Yeah. Uh, assets to exist in the same company structure. Yeah, Chris asked a question about just just be careful about having multiple assets in a, in a, in a company. Um, the lender, uh, most lenders require a debenture. They see their their security package as you know PGs, first charge, and uh, a debenture. And a debenture is a floating charge on all assets of of the. Uh, of the company. And don't forget, that's not just, you know, you might have set up a special purpose vehicle for one specific point, um, but I can think of two assets straight away in an SPV. One is obviously the property, um, but the second is the uh, the cash in the bank account. So there's an example why they want a floating charge debenture. And the primary reason they want one is so that nobody else has got it. 
you can only have one party that's got a debenture. So if the bank know they've got it, then nobody else has. And it makes, um, you know, claiming the security, should they ever need to in the future, a whole lot easier. You know, there's nobody beside them. Everybody else is behind them in the queue. So, Nigel, we are bang on time. Uh, end of yet another very interesting breakfast webinar with Nigel and Mark. <laughs> so, look, hopefully you've really enjoyed the level of detail that we go into. We are detailed people. We're very driven, very focused. Um, if that's the type of environment you want to be involved in, then make sure you join ECRA Academy Facebook group. That's where we put all our knowledge and learning in. And, then, and if you want something really special, really move your lives forward, then maybe ECWA mentorship is something that uh, you're interested in. We also do ECWA Earn and Learn as well. Um, so contact us there. So thank you very much, Nigel. Um, another great session. Absolutely. See you next week. Yep. See you next week, everybody. Have fantastic weeks. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.